Hello. How are you? Hey, I am good, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. So, uh, we're going to have a debate about socialism versus capitalism. Yeah, well... And- <laughs> wait, 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 we'll so, have a discussion. Wait, wait. We'll have a discussion slash yeah. debate. Well, well, it's it's. I'm not going to put my flag on the socialist thing too much, but very much social democracy at the very least, like re- you know, regulated capitalism at the very least. I'm very much not a free marketer. The socialist thing specifically, I could give or take. I'm not too. I'm not too specific about that. What is your um, main area of concern? Or, or like the biggest reason why you see some socialist policies as important to you? What's the highest priority? Yeah, but it wouldn't necessarily be socialist policies. So to me, it's, the reason I'm kind of backing off a of socialist is because to me that is specifically Don't be about afraid, it's just a word. Yeah, you know what, it's the, I just want to be very clear. I'm, I'm not that bothered. I, I, I'm quite, what's the word, agnostic about the socialist bit, which is about democratizing the workplace and the economy. Okay. I think that's a long-term goal for me, in a way. I mean, I, I don't think it realistically would ever happen within my lifetime, so I don't get too wound well, up about that. you're young, you never know. <laughs> well, fingers crossed. But I, I, I'm more certain, more confidently, let's say, a social democrat. So the policies, you know, like regulations in the in, in, in the market, I, I'm very comfortable with, you know, whether okay. that's, I don't know, food standards or like building regulations, safety around that, uh, banking regulations. So my, my fear about, well, not my fear, my concern, my fear, I guess, about free, pure, like kind of free market, more libertarian economics is, it, it's primarily, I think I would say about around exploitation, as in, you know, to the victor, the spoils, and exploitation is, as we can see, very rife in, this, in the world right now. And I think it would just be exacerbated under a kind of more free market okay. uh, economy. Um, just to, so just so I understand also, um, but are you for democratizing the workplace as in the workers own the company or have a say in the, have a democratic say in the company? So my, my current position, I would say is that I don't argue that that should be legally mandated. Um, but you encourage I it. Th- yeah, I'd say so. I it, it's like a I would say the way I'd say it is it's personal value, but mm-hmm. is it a value that I think should be the obligation of wider society? I'm not quite there yet. I probably have been in the past. As I say, I kind of go between it right now. I'm kind of agnostic on that question. I mean, if if you had like a online debater for more or less your position, mm-hmm. who would you consider is a good example? Um, I think I'm a very different person to this person I'm going to mention in terms of like my general vibe, but destiny, if I assume. Oh, destiny. Okay. Yeah, I think, sorry, my my thing keeps rubbing against this, my my zip. Um, Yeah, I'd I'd say it's broadly in line with him. Um, David Pakman, I'm probably not too far away from him. Okay. Val Schwarz is more obviously like died in a wall socialist or communist. I'm I'm kind of around I'm around that kind of world. I think um, Destiny used to be a libertarian once upon a time. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he certainly used to be much more conservative when he was younger, and I think he's kind of gone through libertarianism, and he's kind of come around to where he's currently at, which is uh, social democratic. I'm somewhere around there. Okay. 
Um, when what you about said yourself? That, I'm like a all the way free free market yes. capitalism. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, li- limited government or what we would call a night watch state. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, and I have a lot of faith in humans and humans mm-hmm. interacting and solving problems. And I have very little faith in um, central planning or authoritarian mm-hmm. governments or governments with enough power to one day be authoritarian. Yes. I, yep. I have a, a benevolent view of humanity. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so tell me, with regards to exploitation, I'm, I'm keen. Could you, could you explain? Are we talking about um, uh, some? Is it exploitation in the sense that? For every pound that uh, a laborer works, the the employer is exploiting them, or is it more the case that some explore, some employers have more leverage? What would you define as exploiting? Oh, I mean, there's a, a wide range of exploitation. But when, when I said it before, my fear around kind of free market economies and that fear being uh, exploitation from like the kind of the winners take all kind of group would be that... Let's. Uh, uh, I'll give you a hypothetical and feel free to disagree with it if you think sure. I'm mischaracterizing anything. But I would say, let's say we've got, let's say we've got a village of a hundred people, and they're interacting freely in a kind of, you know, unregulated kind of decentralized manner. Um, the simple fact of the matter is that some people are going to be better at producing things that are valuable mm-hmm. to the rest of society. That's fine. Um, to the victor goes the spoils, I think, is what would happen in that, that kind of environment. And to some degree, that's not necessarily problematic. But that would that would de facto essentially be a, a centralization of power around that person because they would, I don't know, whatever currency or whatever way of measuring power in that society would kind of, they would amass that and it would kind of centralize around them. And that's kind of that would be my concern because I, I I think it's very hard to avoid in a free market society. You would increase freedom in a kind of negative freedom sense of you know freedom to freedom from, um, and you know legally you wouldn't be in any way um, wouldn't have anything infringing upon your freedom. But the reality of the situation would be that in this village of a hundred people. You got this one blacksmith, let's say, who's way better at anyone else at producing what is valuable to the rest of society. He amasses mm-hmm. a much greater amount of wealth. He he has power in that society. All of a sudden, he 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 is the power broker in that society's power okay. has become centralized around him. So that would be my concern. Okay, so we've said that uh, if you leave, let me see if I I got this right. If you leave people to be free, you will have inequality. Yeah, is that? Uh, um, I, 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 yeah, you'd I, have I mean, some inequality. Some people will be better than others at certain things, which which I'm perfectly comfortable with. Perfectly comfortable with. Um, okay. It's when that power starts to manifest, I guess, politically and to a massively disproportionate okay. degree. Let's, because let's talk about just, just, that then. Yeah, yeah, cool. So the blacksmith has a lot of money. Mm-hmm. How does he have more power over other people in the town? Well, he has whatever the currency is, he has more money and people people want that. He is, I mean, it's it's also it's societally, socially determined to some degree, isn't it? I mean, he is, he is, he's the center of power. He has the money. He has a massively disproportionate amount of money well, in this scenario. So, so let's, let's split it. I'll, I'll split it into two types of power. You tell me what you think. Yeah. So let's say yeah, yeah. there's, poli- let's say there's political power and economic, economic power. Political power would be, uh, 
false. I can force you to do something if I pass a particular law. And economic power is purchasing power. I can buy more stuff. I can consume more stuff than other people. Mm-hmm. Um, which does he have? Uh, well, I was supposed to do you agree with this uh, dichotomy. I mean, I mean, I, I, I think like any dichotomy, it, it serves a purpose. I'm happy to to kind of go forwards on that basis. Okay. Um, I would say he has both really because de- he de facto has political, well, economic power. Certainly, I think we've we would agree quite easily on that. Let's start there. He Do has more money, he, yeah. Yeah. And I, I would say de facto he has more political power by virtue of having a massively disproportionate amount of economic power. He could say, I now want everyone to curtsy as I go past them. This is a new rule I've invented. And you say, well... he. Well, I, I disagree, actually. I don't think he can do that. Well, I... I mean, uh, for could. example, <laughs> he, he it's very it's all well and good that he can provide a good service for people in the town if they need their blacksmithing and he's the best at it and mm-hmm. let's say for for argument's sake that blacksmithing is a highly valued profession in that town mm-hmm. but i don't think he can tell people what to do they they still have to trade with him he s- still has to provide a good value to them otherwise they will stop buying his services and certainly he can't kick people out of their homes because he doesn't like the look of them he can't make them curtsy he can't tell them to say things he doesn't want he they have to agree to every exchange with him, and unless he's obviously voted in politically, in which case, sure, then he has. I, I, I think, power. but I, I just don't think that's very realistic. I think if you people, I, I, I just feel like you're asserting the point that of disagreement. Well, I'd like to discuss than, it with you. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling to get my head around this because he quite simply could. I mean, economic power and political power. I accept the dichotomy conceptually to some degree, but it's not really a, a kind of discrete dichotomy, because if you if you have economic power or even physical power, if we're if we're in a, if we're talking like a, a village of like twelve people and there's no economy, mm-hmm. um, hypothetically, um, then if you have the physical power but there's no government, you would you you could quite easily turn that physical power into political power just by virtue of the reality well, of the think- situation. I, so think I, I think it's the same economically. For argument's sake, there is a, a, a government and a town, a town uh, council that that was voted in democratically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I don't think it's like you know without any government without any government he's just the richest person in town. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I appreciate that this is a common kind of I I I would say misconception that people with more money have more political power, political force, and, and to some degree it's, you know, it, it could be obvious to people, let's say, in America where politicians are open to accepting some of these money and, and it, it gives the impression that if you have money, you could buy political power from politicians directly. So I can appreciate that some people may see it that way. Mm, I think, I think, I think that's, um, I mean, it's certainly, my, my point, my perspective is certainly a common one. Um, but I think you're, slightly oversimplifying the case. I don't think people are really... The insidiousness of it isn't as simple as one really rich person buys a law or something like that. It's much more ingrained. It's much more to do with kind of a cl- like class structures. Uh, you know, we oh. have a political class that is linked to... The British class structure. Well, it's not... Well, it's certainly not just a British thing. <laughs> ingrained. It's not for my country, but uh, go on. Well... 
Right. I, th- I think you're missing. Well, I'm, I'm, bri- I'm. I've been in England for a long time, but originally, mm-hmm. I come from a country that's very young and doesn't have uh, hierarchies. Um, I'm gonna have to push the doubt button on that to some degree. Sure. I, I don't that's think fine. it will have like a few hundred years of like the exact same version of a kind of class structure that the UK does. I mean, every country is unique, certainly. But um, deeply ingrained needn't be hundreds of years. I mean, I mean, the United well, we, States is. A, how can for I example, say this? You, let me just say the United States is obviously a much younger country than the United Kingdom, but it has possibly more deeply ingrained kind of class structures. It has a lower level of um, economic. Um, what's the word? What's the word? <laughs> um, so, we're, so we're saying we're saying the the rich Etonian class here in the UK that uh, knows and rubs shoulders with people in politics and can get certain sway when they need to. To, to some degree it's that, but it's not just that. I mean, the the kind of political class in the UK is certainly not just the kind of Etonian group and the, the kind of rich class who can influence politics to a disproportionate degree. Certainly not just old Etonians. I mean, you, so you, if, could be, you could be new money, you could be nouveau riche and nouveau put billions riche, yes. of pounds... But I, I, th- I still think you could have that disproportionately large impact. Like, like, I mean, I'm, I'm shifting to America now, but Bill Gates needn't be part of a kind of ingrained kind of um, New England rich to have a massively disproportionate impact upon America's democracy, which he he most certainly has. Okay, let's 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 try to go back to simplifying again. See if uh, we agree. So let's let's take the American version. And we'll take Bill Gates, and we say, Bill Gates doesn't like me, personally. Uh, right. He just doesn't like me. I, I sound funny, I, I don't know, I, look, I gave him a look that one time, he doesn't like okay. me. What, what can he do about it? <laughs> um, well, uh, someone with his wealth could probably quite literally... Give me an put, example. I mean, I'm he open. could quite literally put a hit on you, if he so desired. I, I well, think I, he could... I would say that's illegal. So let's. Uh, well, yeah, uh, yeah, certainly. Lose, but I, I don't know what, within within what limits do you want me to to kind of hypoth- hypothetically set something up here? <laughs> um, well, let's let's start. Let's just uh, stick to legal then, or not right. illegal. Yeah, I mean, if if he decided that he didn't like you and he linked that in some way to he, he hates your, me. Yeah, well, let's say he's decided that and he links it in some way to your country of origin. He okay. could exert some disproportionate impact kind of pressure yes. on I don't know immigration rules or, or whatever I'm, I'm a UK citizen I'm fine yeah well <laughs> what can he do uh, what can he do I, I, I yeah. don't particularly know so it's a very strange example why because... we're talking about political power I'm talking well, about force can he can he throw me in jail can he take my house away well from no me? well obviously he can't can throw you he... in jail no well so so when we say power, we okay. Let me let me say it in a different. No, no, way. but I think wait, wait, let me be specific. You're, you, it seems like you're mistaking me saying power for like almost omnipotent power, which is certainly no. I'm not saying what I'm false. Saying. No, no, no. False. Let, let me just say one. One needn't be able to do anything within their desires, but also mm-hmm. within legal limits in order to be able to do something massively disproportionate. I mean, you do know like the, the kind of his involvement with the uh, American education system and like the complete failure that, that has been. It's been a massive waste of resources and time. A lot of waste of people's like youths in terms of his like attempts to try out some new educational ideas that were never, never backed by any kind of like peer review or anything. And from early on in these schemes, people said, this is not going to work. He tried it for a few years. Not him personally. He, he you know, he kind of financed these attempts okay. for a few years and the research was pretty 
pretty one-sided that, you know, what people had said in the first place was correct. And this isn't just him funding schools that ended up being correct. This is him, like, massively um, impacting the actual, like, policies of specific school districts. Well, I, th I think he's in the current position now where he's trying to work with NGOs and work with governments to... I'm not sure what his mission statement is, like, make the world a better place, mm. I assume, or... He's big. He was always big into vaccines and medicines back in the day when they started. I think with regards to polio and um, I believe polio. I'm not entirely sure. And, and malaria, quite a few things. And malaria, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he, I, I wasn't aware of his involvement in education. This is actually the first time I've heard of it. But I would assume that it's with the same intention. Oh yeah, yeah, certainly. He's he's not. I, I don't. I mean, I think I think to some degree he's an egotist, which isn't the worst thing in the world. I don't necessarily begrudge him that, but I do begrudge the outsourced role that we allow. What well, I say, we America, the American kind of economic and political system allows him to play due to his wealth in that. So I, I think there's there's a, a specific point I'm making here that isn't necessarily necessarily to do with his omnipotence and ability to target one person individually, but. I mean, you do seem to concede. Well, I, I could be wrong, but I think you're you're accepting that he he can have these political impacts because he's well. The, on the point of malaria, for example, there are lots of political elements to his work in that field. I mean, do you think he's done anything of impact on those points or the vaccine point more more broadly? Ah, uh, it's a good question. I I I would say I'll answer this and then I'll I'll move the conversation in the way that I understand uh, power to be, but. Um... Mm -hmm. I think, obviously, I think he can approach governments. He has um, a large charity that wants to do certain things. He has to approach governments. He has no choice. Mm -hmm. If, for example, he says, I want to do a um, immunization or vaccine program, doesn't he can't just force people or even persuade people. He has to go through the government, has to be approved. Has, they have to check what the vaccines contain and all the studies. That, so in a lot of these cases... He, he has to incorporate them. And I would concede that, you know, maybe because of the charity that he has, the size of it, that perhaps he has politicians who are more attentive to it. Or maybe or maybe it's the complete opposite. They hate his guts because he's trying to control the, the, the globe. Who knows? No. Uh, so so let's, let's, be, let's be really straightforward here. He has political power in the ways you've just outlined precisely because he's wealthy. His his charity certainly isn't small, so I would assume that if they I, want no, no, the ear of someone, I feel, I feel like we need to be very it. feel like we need to be very specific on here because I've I've never actually heard anyone doubt this point. <laughs> so okay. it's, it's it's a kind of a new point to me um, because it's so it should really, in my opinion, be so easily accepted. He he personally and through his charities to some degree is personally it. I mean, it's him as a human. He has outsourced outsized, sorry, disproportionate political power due to his wealth. Like, he has the ear of governments. Hold on, I'll, I'll say to what I concede to. He he can probably get someone to pick up the phone and talk to him uh, about his vaccine pro program in, in a particular country, but it still has to go through all the approval process of any other person who's trying to suggest something like this. Uh, before like okay, the government right, right. approves no, but it. Even, even before we get to, to that process of the political process of approving something, sure. that first step is such such a huge thing. It's massive. You can, Why is you, it a massive thing? 
Well, because he, how many people do you think have that power to do that? Sure, you mean to... you have networks and connections, and you know, yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. But like you, and maybe he, maybe his outsized power that he got to the front of the list that someone picked up the phone and answered him. But so what? Well, so firstly, that that is hugely important. I, I find Why is that hugely important? <laughs> I, I, I no, I'm being serious. No, 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 no I mean, that's, that's fine. I, 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 I'm almost struck by your naivety because the simple reality oh of the fact. Sorry, was that? Oh dear. <laughs> um, well, because no, no other person would. No, well, not no other person. The vast majority of human beings in existence through time ever would not in a million years be given any chance and your first chance of having your ideas or your your suggestions or whatever being taken seriously by the polit political kind of power whatever that may be whatever country we're in um is having it heard and listened to I and mean, that, that automatically gives him a disproportionate voice which is power in a in political in democratic states compared to any other person i mean to some okay, degree that's that that's going to be reality within our system, even a social democratic one. Sure. But a massive curtailment of that. I mean, let's compare. Let let, let me. So right. I, I actually I wanted to talk about something else, but I'll, I'll say one thing. Let's compare. Let's say I want to debate with Destiny. Yep. I've and I've got I'm a, I've got a YouTube channel with I don't know seventy people, maybe less seventy people. Mm -hmm. And you know maybe he'll take me if he's bored, but typically you know, I I don't know some some, some debaters would. Yes, only yeah. take people that are close to them or not far away from them. Yeah, yeah. And if, for example, Destiny says I, he wants to debate with me, then I'll probably put him at the front of the line, if not right, right yes. away, whenever he feels like it. Yep. And this is just YouTube subscriptions. Yep. Okay, so are we talking about in that sense? Um, yeah, well, it, it's similar, except that one is the political process and one is, you know, entertainment. Obviously, the... the YouTube so I, I, I agree. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, so they pick yeah. up the phone. They pick up the phone. Like, if Lord Alan Sugar wants to talk to someone in the government, you know, and he says, "I I want to start some kind of venture with the, with the with the public sector to help kids in where does he live? I forgot somewhere in London, some some bar in London. Yeah. Uh, he'll probably get someone to pick up the. Or he's a lord, so he's already going to get someone to pick up the phone. Yep. Um. So yeah, I, I I agree, but it still has to go through a process, and you know maybe maybe that process could be shorter for them. I would I would say, and this is where I'm separating here. So I, I'd like to go back to the economics and the politics for a second. I, I appreciate mm -hmm. that there's a sense of they have more access or quicker access, but at the end of the day, it has to go through a process. Right. With okay, the but, with but, the economics, but, that's you yeah, probably agree. Oh, yeah. with, but but that excess in the first instance is power. We can say it's what? not. It's it's obviously. I'm not. It needn't be omnipotent political power. Whatever, what but would it you is. call that power then? Sorry, say that again. What would you call that power to have like why, someone why pick I up your phone? Power? Fame. Sorry, what, what do would you, you mean? call that? What would you call the power that someone picked up the phone ahead of and and talked to you, approached you in the government ahead of everyone else? Fame. Well, it, well, it is de facto. It is de facto. What kind of power? power. It's political, political, no, you, well, you can't use force on anyone. I, I think you've, uh, I think what you've done here is defined political power solely as force. But well, if, I'm, I'm, if, if you're pulling the levers, the, the political levers accessible to you, that's still political power. That needn't be direct force. 
Um, well, what kind of getting someone to pick up the phone to you first is a form of political power? Yeah, well, to some degree, if that person is, if the, if it's the president or prime minister and sure. they're listening to your ideas, yes, that that is a form of political power, absolutely. Okay, so let's let me let me see it and if I can change your mind on on one thing. Let's say I am a very large corporate. I'm a head of a very large corporation, mm-hmm. economically, and mm-hmm. I have I've never spoken to anyone in the government before. And uh, they're about to pass a particular regulation which I'm unhappy with, mm-hmm. and I want to call the government. I want to call someone at the government, and I want them to pick up the phone and I want to shout at them mm-hmm. for this, and I want to ask them to change it. Is that political, economic? What would you say? Is what? Sorry, is what though? I mean, this uh, whole pro- I, this me. Asking to speak with someone in the government to about this regulation that I'm It's certainly with. an attempt to leverage your economic power for political power. It may fall flat, but that is obviously. Sorry, can possible. I also add that this regulation is specifically in the economic realm? Yeah, okay. That that's still the, an attempt to leverage your economic power for political power. Your 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 attempt may fall flat, it may be unsuccessful, but that is still what that is an attempt to do. Okay, and then then let's say I not only pick up the phone, I later hire a lobby company mm-hmm. to lobby the government and explain to them why this regulation would be bad for the economy and I rec- and that I recommend that they that it will have too much negative consequences and they should not pass it based on those merits. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would say broadly the same. This is power. That is an attempt to leverage your economic power for political power. Now, technically, this this is legal, right? Because... I'm explaining to the government why this policy which they are introducing is in mm-hmm. is not in their best interest. Yeah. Still political. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I I I say it as I'm advising the government because they are controlling the economy and they don't fully understand it and I as someone who does understand my sector of the economy I'm saying look this will hurt us and But other it, it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong it's still you you can be correct and still be using power. It does it, like the rightness or the incorrectness or <laughs> whatever. It doesn't really matter. Is it? Is this corruption? What I'm doing? Um, corruption. I, uh, yes. I in your in your opinion. In my opinion, is that? Corruption? Am I corrupting the government or corrupting some sort of process by doing this? Um, I, I, I don't know. Not from a normative kind of point of view. I think it is. Um, eroding it's not eroding because it's already eroded but yeah it is um, having a negative impact upon what I think should be a more democratic kind of process so it's it's bad it's not like corruption is kind of a legal status is my understanding uh, just in your and opinion not, not illegal or I don't know something can be bad without being corruption I'm not necessarily too bothered about the specific word I guess you could call it corruption I don't know I'm, I'm kind of agnostic on what I would call it precisely but yeah I'm certainly willing to say it is bad I do not like it it should not really ha- well it would not happen in what I think would be a more productive society a kind of more productively set up society in your definition of using power, is it anyone that has more power than the regular citizen? So for there to be no power, they're no, just I mean, like if, any other citizen. If if you're voting, you, you, that's power. That's poli- that is political power. You, but it's it's obviously oh, okay. perfectly proportional. It's one person, one vote. Happy with that. 
Um, but yeah, if I if I have sorry, let me let me explain again. Is are you saying that someone has more power by juxtaposing them to what a regular citizen would be able to do? Like a regular citizen is average, and everyone that has more than that has more power. Well, yeah, by definition, right? If I answer, I'm your asking question, you. I, well, yes, because that is the definition of what you just said. Okay. Um. So, because of this, you you feel that uh, the government needs to be much more involved in the economy. By the way, so if if I am able to access the government because of my position, how? Would you then trust the government not to be corrupt and, you know, not pick up the phone to me or tell me I have to go through the regular channels? Sorry, what are you asking? How, how, how would you expect the government to avoid? Would, how would I expect any hypothetical government, even if it's... Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I, I believe in democratizing politics, basically, in the first instance. I mean, Give I me think an example. Well, okay, so for the United, the United Kingdom, let's stick to the United Kingdom, is uh, I would say we have a huge democratic deficit in this country. I mean, we have a political class, for example, who quite simply do have an out, outsized amount of power within our system. You know, it's it's almost hereditary. <laughs> We're almost at that point. It's a very tight circle compar comparatively. We just accept the Etonian class as r ruling over us. It's not really just solely Etonian, but I mean, that's certainly within there. I mean, that's, again, massively disproportionate, certainly. I mean, Etonians, not many people every year graduate from Eton, but if we look at the kind of, well, anything, the upper echelons of society, economically and politically, yeah, they're massively disproportionately represented. Um, sorry, what was the precise question, though? Um, how would you yes. make the okay. government more democratic? Yeah, I, I, it's it's very, 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 very hard. It's something. It's a combination of kind of like norms, rules, regulations. But in the first instance, my my kind of general push towards it would be democratizing our politics. In the first instance, I think we have a woefully inadequate democracy. I think we have a massive what I would call a democratic deficit. Um, so there well, are. Come on, like, give me an give me an example. I don't want like yeah, yeah, big well, fancy names. I want well. I, I want I, some examples. <laughs> you're going to get the overall picture, and then I'll give you the details. Sure, um, go I would off, recommend you being patient. So, in the first instance, I think um, more proportional representation. What precise system? It needn't be any. Again, anything would be an improvement, pretty much, of what we have. Um, but yeah, so that that would be one of one of them. For example, that would be one suggestion that would do a great job of kind of eroding the current political um so are we talking about first line. past the post or something else moving away from first past the post certainly moving away from okay that. so and more accurate re representation means more proportional uh, representation more proportional yeah. means uh not by area where like one area is one million and one mp and another area is fifty thousand and one mp but like more proportional yes broad broadly speaking but even even if like um voting districts or um, whatever are of equal size, you can still have like a massively disproportionate um, kind of result due to first past the post. So it would be ba broadly and a more like rep proportional rep proportional uh, democracy isn't my only value when it comes to like um, kind of electoral systems. But it, it's you know so I'm not saying it needs to be perfectly proportional. That's probably not possible. But yeah, more proportional. So broadly speaking, if a party got five percent of the vote, they would have five percent of the MPs. Broadly speaking, I see. Okay, so let's say we achieve this. We uh, we do representation by percentage. So Nigel Farage would definitely have won one seat. 
mm-hmm. back in the day when he was running because he had like mm-hmm. a 1.3 million, I believe, but he didn't get an MP for his uh, Brexit party. Oh yeah, sorry, he UKIP. Sh- yeah, Brexit yeah, party sh- or UKIP? UKIP. Um, well, he well he had both, and I think Brexit party actually did quite well electorally for for a party that hadn't been around for so long. But UKIP, I mean, both parties. I think if you look at the numbers, according to to, to the system, I well according to the broad principle that I'm. Um, kind of proposing, and I would mm-hmm. say I agree with it. Should have had at least one MP. The Green Party also should have many more MPs. The the biggest sufferers from this would be primarily the Tory Party. They would suffer a lot under it, and the Labour. I don't Party care. As they well. can suffer as much as they want. I'm ju- I'm just outlining the facts, and and Labour as well would suffer massively. I think in Scotland the SNP would suffer quite a bit, but actually they'd still be quite disproportionate. They'd still not disproportionately. They'd still be doing very well because they're so popular in uh, Scotland. Okay, I wave the magic wand. Mm-hmm. We have proportional voting now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we vote every once every five years, yeah. And in the in the next election, we have that. Great. Now what? Mm-hmm. Is everything I, I, okay now that we? Uh, no, no, voted? no, no, no. Absolutely not. Everything is not okay. <laughs> it, it, it's a minor fix, but it would be one of the steps towards. I, I, it's very hard to underrate the extent of the impacts that something like that would have. It certainly wouldn't improve everything. Everything would not be perfect. Problems that we do not currently have would probably arise. It is not a panacea, but it would be much better. I mean, it has, we know this, we can look at other countries that have similar kind of um, electoral systems. It would massively change the makeup of government. It would make people more involved. It would be not necessarily a step towards direct democracy, but it would be much more involving of people. Um, People would have a more direct Maybe not direct say it's not. People would have a more nuanced and kind of impactful say on what actually happens in the country. Um, it's kind of a, it's very hard to sum up everything that it could do in a kind of uh, relatively short conversation, but it's massively um, conducive towards uh, political transparency, political accountability. Um, I mean, it's a huge topic. I'd love to uh, well, we I mean, get into it a bit if we want. But yeah, it certainly would have huge impacts, most of which on a massive net benefit, according well, so to my I, political I, beliefs. <laughs> I don't see it as a massive impact at all. I mean, I, I can, I, I, I don't even, I couldn't even care less to some degree. Like how many, like. If you reshuffle the number of MPs across different parties, or even if you if you spread them across more parties, that would actually be more significant to me. But you vote for these people once every five years. They say a nice of night, a bunch of nice things. Mm-hmm. They get voted in, and that's kind of it. Like if they change their mind on any of the campaign promises, it doesn't change. They'll still in, they'll still in there. Yeah, uh, I, I think if you're kind act, of. I, I think you're slightly missing the point here. Um, well, I I personally don't see like a massive difference especially not to me because there's no party representing necessarily my interests yes but the, i mean there would be a wider range of parties getting into power than there currently are i mean the, the, as a matter of fact okay. there would be i mean it would as i said before it would erode the current kind of partisan lines like the the, the reality of the situation is the tory party and the labor party both would almost certainly split because as we have as we currently stand the tory party is basically three parties and one the labor party's probably similar, at least broadly, two parties in one, um, those parties would not be as viable. And they'd be more enabled to, in fact, to, to split because because the, the nature of the party, they're very broad church parties, which is, is fine to some degree. But it actually, there's tons of research in this that actually, um, this is kind of a side point though, that um, 
having proportional representation means that there are there's a wider range of different parties who are more clear about what they want and what they would um, kind of put forward in terms of policies. So, so there would certainly be a kind of what's the best way to put it? There would be a wider range of options to us, precisely because of it. I mean, it would be quite radical. It would be quite a radical different different. Uh, quite a radical difference due to it in many ways it certainly wouldn't solve everything and you know many of the ingrained problems with british society or any society that kind of moved to proportional representation would still be there but it it, it it would have huge impacts upon the kind of political landscape in terms of the parties that are uh, kind of coming to parliament well i i personally am happy with uh, governments that have many parties in them because then they have to agree they have to form coalitions and agree to stuff and in general it means they're less effective because to make like push like a big change you have to get lots of people to agree to it and that it becomes more difficult in that scenario yeah I'm I, for, I, I'm, I do I'm generally I, this for is this kind of a distraction I do want to push back a bit against that point with the, the, the less effective argument I think it's less effective only if you measure effectiveness kind of at the wrong point as it were it's like kind of being on a if you've ever worked in a factory, I've worked in factory shit. Um, but it's kind of measuring effectiveness, effectiveness halfway down the line. So you know, oh, we've been really, really fast at like building the box for the biscuits, um, mm -hmm. and that's really great. But maybe the kind of rushing it at that process and measuring effectiveness at that point on the assembly line, it looks really good. But actually, further down the line, you've brought in other inefficiencies due to that rushing earlier on, and you've got to measure effectiveness at the right place. It's the same thing when people say, oh, you know, the dictatorship's obviously terrible. These authoritarian uh, centralized states are really terrible, but they are efficient. It's like, no, they're not actually efficient. If you measure efficiency as just the speed at which you can put through a policy or a law, then yeah, that's efficient. But that is not actual true efficiency when it comes to kind of public policy making. And it's the same when we talk about the effectiveness of um electoral systems or parliament, parliaments or whatever that have a wider range of parties. If we measure effectiveness simply about how quickly they can agree, then yeah, okay, they're less effective, but... Well, it's not just quickly, they can outright not agree. Or it will be di difficult to agree to something. Yeah, yeah, but that, that, that's fine. <laughs> that's what politics is. Right, I mean, but if you have we, like we, someone I mean, like... we, we, You have parliamentary or, I don't know, House of Congress... Um, uh, deadlocks al already. It does happen anyway. It, may, it probably does happen more in those parties R in countries right, with but proportional he... representation, but that's not necessarily problematic. That's not necessarily problematic at all. I think we're talking... Sure, but he here, in, here in the UK, you can crack the whip mm -hmm. and get on big issues at least and get people to fall in line. And if it's like, you know, three different party coalition, mm -hmm. then there is no whip to crack. Yeah. That's not necessarily as problematic as you seem to think. Okay, fair enough. Like, look, I'm, I'm not really concerned. Yeah. In that sense, in in my opinion, I'm more. I would actually like politicians to get out of my life more. Mm -hmm. I would like to have more freedoms to make decisions for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but I assume that you would not take that position. My position would be almost like kind of the inverse of that. It's kind of putting a mirror to it. So you're, uh, it's you know, I, authoritarian. I, I, <laughs> dictatorship no 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 the opposite in a different way so um okay. libertarian kind of like your your type of libertarian i i totally get it, it scum it, of the earth yeah sorry what was that 
scum of the earth libertarian yes no 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 not whatsoever no 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 uh, the scum of the earth libertarians are the people who call themselves libertarians but are actually authoritarians like kind of right-wing nutcases they call themselves okay. libertarians because they want to pretend to be you, you, you know i disagree with you i do not think at all that kind of actual libertarians are bad people whatsoever um no no I, I, please please if i've ever given you the impression that i think that I, i'm sorry <laughs> definitely not um okay I would put a mirror to that and I would say instead of wanting politicians to have less impact upon your life, I want you and every single person to have more impact on politics. That's what I want. I want people to have more of that hand. I, I don't think you entirely disagree. I read a bit of your what you've written on, on the Discord and a bit of what you, you linked to me. It's not a million miles away in in some senses. We clearly diverge <laughs> in a lot of ways. But that, that's how I, I would put a mirror to what you're saying. And it's in a way not a million miles away. But it, it feels like the inverse, I think, broadly speaking, that rather than saying, I certainly don't just want centralized government to have more of a say in what people do. But to some degree, that will be ne that is necessary. You know, laws to stop people murdering. That to some degree is saying, "Hey, don't do that." <laughs> um, well, but I, I would say rather than, yeah, just to clarify, I wouldn't say I want politicians to have less power over your life. I would say I want you to have more power over your life, and that is th to some degree through the power you wield politically. So I I would say this. I would say I'm also not for murdering. I would say that I would like the government to protect my rights and other people's rights and resolve disputes, mm -hmm. resolve issues so we don't have to murder each other. Yep. Or, or in a sense, try to remove violence as much as possible from society or, or people who initiate violence by having the monopoly on retaliatory violence. So if someone aggressed or initiated violence on someone else, the government is there to as your agent mm -hmm. to protect you or punish them so it so yes trying to remove violence from society and I, and I think that if the government is there to protect my rights and I am able to freely uh, interact with other people in society cooperate with them associate with them disassociate with them uh, then that is me controlling my life I, I I would say that politics in a sense especially what we have now is based it's essentially group interests or groups affecting or controlling other groups for their own benefit and like the the conflict in the in how the government uh distributes resources to to different groups mm -hmm. I, I there's probably a lot of points of agreement there with you i think if I may ask questions back to you, to what degree or what role does the government have? What role does the government have in? So you said, you know, obviously preventing violence. Um, mm -hmm. In terms of, let's say, food regulations, you know, uh, food standards, for example. Um, I, I'm trying to think of a specific example. Like, uh, so <laughs> I used to make and sell chutneys. I've done that a bit. Chutneys, like um, like jarred okay. chutneys, and there are specific rules around that about like the acidity levels and how you how to what degree you should to what temperature you should cook it given any given acidity level um how long it will last based on that do you think it's an appropriate place for the government to step in and say actually we need to be quite on top of that like we need you know we speak broadly about like food standards like does it well, i'm waffling a bit but does a does a government have a place to involve itself when it comes to food standards or would you kind of say i i, I would say most i would say this i would say mostly no i would say that the food standards could be and should be controlled by the market itself. So, for example, 
Tesco would have an inspector that goes into the farms and makes sure, and that third party inspector would make sure that the food produced by the farm is to a certain standard because Tesco doesn't necessarily care uh, if it meets regulation. It wants above and beyond the regulation. It wants customers to be extremely happy with the produce. With regards, however, to you making chutney and harming someone, if a result someone was harmed, then the government should be there and because you were harmed, should be there to uh, litigate or, mm-hmm. or sue the other person that outright harmed you. But if it's as a, as a matter of your individual rights were violated. But in terms of like regulation and saying the quality of something, there are market mechanisms to ensure quality and yeah. Um, right. yeah, to fit some for degree, purpose. Th- to some degree, I think that's a bit of a false dichotomy because Tesco would be incentivized to to well it would prioritize its profits over over like the health of its customers except insofar sure? as the health of its customers <laughs> impacts its profits um so they'd be incentivized uh, are, are to... you sure about that i'm pretty sure of that yeah let me rephrase the question for you in, in the same way you 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 put it forward but i will say would tesco be interested in harming its long-term profits no, obviously not. No, no, no. Well, well, hypothetically not. But you see a lot of that behavior, broadly speaking, in society already. I mean, companies, companies are massive. Not like just a company in a diaphanous way, but the way that companies function mass is massive. Can be massively detrimental to its kind of long-term profits. At at you know, uh, due you to mean, prioritizing uh, short-term profits, it happens all the time. People, right, people, but let's say. For, for argument's sake, I'm not I'm not sure of what some of the examples you're thinking. I think you're thinking uh, shareholder value, but uh, I let's say Tesco. Yeah, they have a lot of stuff they already paid for, a lot of warehouses, a lot of stores. Mm-hmm. It costs them a lot of money to get here, and their investors are also interested in long-term profit. In general, in general, market uh, financial markets are interested in long-term profits. Uh, as obviously there could be like ups and downs, but in general. Uh, people put in their pensions, their savings. They're, they're not interested in like in every day it, it changing, um, and paying a fee to change. I think I, so, I think there's a point at which I do not disagree, and a point at which we have to start getting empirical rather than theoretical. Sure. And if you look Happy at the way so. many 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 business, most businesses that are like turning over any profit worth talking about, the simple fact is that they're not overly cons- as overly concerned about long-term profit as we might kind of hypothetically presuppose. Um, I'm not sure I agree with you. I mean, if I were to start a business now and I were to invest some money or even... But we still, even, we're, still talking, we're still talking hypothetically. I mean, we, we, what do you want to look at? Well, like? I, I can give you an example then. Yeah, go on. Amazon uh, started in 97, mm-hmm. didn't make a profit till 2016. They kept investing in themselves. They were always... Uh, in it for the long term. I think we're. I, it feels like we're conflating a few things here. That they're, they're not prior. This is a big conflation of kind of um, uh, what's the word? Offsetting kind of for future uh, profits. I, I think this is a rather different thing because that was done with the expectation that they would make a profit at some point, and that's not really showing much concern about. I don't know. Customer. Right, but for nineteen years they. I. I I appreciate it. I'm just saying that for for 19 years. First of all, they in 97 to the early 2000s, they were losing money hand over fist. And and even you may not know this, but uh, in in, univer- in universities, 
when they were teaching about you know computers and and I, ICT or IT courses, Amazon was an example of how not to do it. Back at in, the, point, in the at what point? Back in the early noughties, Amazon was probably an example was it, of how probably were at that point. Yeah. No, I'm 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 saying. Yeah. And and they kept investing in the business. They kept investing in the business and did so up till 2016. Like they started. Um, mm-hmm like a cloud provider service. They kept investing, investing inside it. And, and mm-hmm. only in the last three, some, well, maybe five, four, five years, they're actually making a, a profit. Whereas before, even though they were making a profit, they were investing it back into the company for the long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, there are some things that Amazon, you know, I don't agree with the, the hiring and, and how they treat their workers necessarily, me, myself. Um, but overall, like the attitude was long term, and and me and you, if we were to open a company, like even together, mm-hmm. we're sacrificing something. We're interested in making money in ten years, in seven years. We're not mm-hmm. interested in. We're not in it like to to get get burnt, lose all our money, and start over again. And you know, let's say I I have uh, unless I have some kind of restaurant that's made out of pa- paper mache that I can fold at the end of the night, take home, and not pay any rent, then I have very little to lose and. If I get a bad customer review, I just fold my paper mache restaurant and move somewhere else mm-hmm. and try again. But even like a restaurant, you know, you need to you need to hire the premises, you need to invest. Mm-hmm. You're about to, you're not gonna on purpose poison your customers as the best way to make short term profit. Yeah, I think that's where the conflation lies. Or again, the problem here where is did I go we're, wrong? We're, not not necessarily wrong. Let me explain myself. I might do this quite somewhat sure. clumsily, and I could be completely wrong. <laughs> It's happened. Uh, um, but I, I feel like there's a conflation of two different things. We were talking originally about, uh, hypothetically, Tesco, um, okay. you know, playing fast and loose with kind of food standards and not being too bothered about its long-term profits due to its negative impact upon customers. That's kind of what I thought we were talking about. I think that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And the other thing with Amazon was quite different because that was about investors accepting that they would not they would be taking a loss for a while because they expected future returns. Whereas the reality of the situation is that you can actually treat customers, broadly speaking, because it's such a large group of people that you can actually get away with quite... The reality is, I mean, if we look at like smoking companies, alcohol companies, the reality Mm -hmm. of the situation with um, fossil fuel extraction... um, You can actually do. You can actually endanger your long-term, you know, hundred years plus profits, um, mm-hmm. without it because hundred years is actually quite a long time. Without it being the same thing as that Amazon example, which was actually about a very small select group of in, relatively small. You know, even if we're talking hundreds of thousands of investors, that's still very small compared to like the general market or the general population of a country. Um, okay, I'll, I just don't. I don't think we should conflate the two. I think they're quite different. Let's do this. So I'll give you. I'll give you two choices. I I can either talk on fossil fuels, or we can talk about Tesco. Which would you prefer? I'm I'm genuinely not particularly bothered. <laughs> so uh, I'll talk about fossil fuels. I would say that Tesco, in the long term, does not want to alienate their customers or have the customers get really pissed and, and yeah. move to Sainsbury's for the rest of their life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me just play. I do agree they don't want that. But I think I am... Ver- Again, I think it's very flippant. It's just speaking. a feeling, yeah? No, well, yeah very deep down feeling. in my soul, I hate I, I those think there's bastards a, at Tesco. <laughs> um, 
Oh, yeah, this is where it may be a specific example, but but I, I think there's good reason to believe that it's by the fact that they wouldn't want that if they could choose, mm-hmm. they would still act in a way that potentially could result in that. But if we're talking about a society that didn't have food regulations, Sainsbury's would be behaving in the same way. They would be trying to extract as much profit from their customers because Sainsbury's customers and Tesco customers are basically the same people. I mean, they're demographically... Well, I, I, I agree with you. Different. I think they are trying to extract much profit from their customers and the best way to do that is to serve them. To some degree, to some degree, because you can serve people in a way that can maximize your profit extraction without really maximize the profit. Well. Is, it sounds good to me. I mean, if I if I maximize my profits, if but, I focus on the things that my customers want and maximize on everything they find of value and cut out all the but waste. This is, okay, out, so this is where the oil, the oil kind of fossil fuel thing might come in handy because cool. Obviously, Exxon you know, all this oil, incentivized to lie about what they knew about uh, global warming. And okay. custom, we, we custom, we're all customers. We keep buying. Mm-hmm. You know, we keep, you know, chomping that stuff down, gl- glugging it down. We love it. Chugging um, it at the pub. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, straight from the source. But, you know, long term, that is, well, well let's get into it. What, what, what's your stance on that? Well, I, I would say this. I would say we are asking the fossil fuel companies to provide us with cheap, reliable energy. There are around a billion people on this planet that don't have access to energy, mm-hmm. and three billion, including the one, that have as much energy as a refrigerator light. Mm-hmm. And I would say this, if we don't, I mean, let me put it in a moralistic term just so I can push it back to you a little and see how you react. Mm-hmm. If we don't, if they, if we deny them the opportunity to get this fossil fuel, we can get cheap, reliable energy. People in Africa, for example, won't have electricity. A hospital in Africa won't have electricity. A wing of a hospital for premature babies won't have electricity. And why are you trying to kill uh, African babies? Well, I'm not. I would say it's irrelevant to the point that we're actually discussing. Well, I'm, it's it's super important because... No, I don't think... It, I you're think talking actually... about externalities, right? And I'm talking about yeah. diesel things... But, like, asking... but, but to the, two, the two things could hypothetically be true. If we don't have these cheap fossil fuels, people in Africa are fucked. And if we keep using fossil fuels at the same rate or a greater rate than we currently are, we're all fucked. Those two, like, that's, that's just the shit thing about life, right? Those two things could be true. So this point that you made about people, poor people in less economically developed countries needing those cheap sources of fuel to improve their quality of life, well, it could be true, but it's actually irrelevant to this. So it's not it's so the, so X, it's not irrelevant X, though. So Exxon or BP or whoever could be damaging their their future profits long term, as we discussed, simply by still supplying it due to the fact that we could still all be fucked. Well, we are all fucked if if things fucked is so obviously a, a, a you know a, a, um, not a very specific term, <laughs> but yeah. So does that make sense? So you think that uh, if we keep drilling for fuel, we are destroy. We will destroy the planet. No, I mean, what, what do you mean by destroy the planet? I don't. I don't know. What do planet. you mean by destroy the planet? I didn't say destroy the planet. <laughs> I said we're fucked. How are we? How are we fucked then? Sorry. Um, I think it will have a massive. Well, it, it already has had a massively detrimental impact upon like, um, like f- food systems, uh, the environment, the ecology. Um, it will continue to have massive negative impacts upon climate across the world, increased drought, okay. increased, increased floods in other parts. I mean, we, so will let, not let, be able let to en- we will not be able to enjoy the quality of life 
we currently do without massive radical over overhauls of society if we continue down this this line okay so let, let me say this so comparing my life to let's say popular in africa mm-hmm. then i i would say that look we need we need to have energy so yep. they can get it's not fair it's not let's let's put it in 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 an altruistic sense it's not fair on them that they don't have uh access to this to this energy they can't be and, and to grow their economy to grow the you know the gdp and everything they need this access so assuming they have these fossil fuels uh they're able to farm more food they're able, if it, let's say as a result of fossil fuels the the earth is warmer or their area in particular is warmer mm-hmm. they have more fossil fuels more access to energy they can turn on an air conditioning or a fan which protects them from the environment and these are things that we need to consider as the overall picture when when you say well fucked it's like it's not like a plus or minus kind of scenario it's just it's it's just that's it we'll fuck like but we're asking these companies to desperately give us fuel and let, let's look at example in the uk we have an issue with with gas prices or well not we exactly but there is an issue with gas prices that the government is currently getting from russia i don't know where and it's very expensive to get all the way from us would you say that, and I'm giving a hypothetical here, should we reopen one of our coal mines just so some older people in the UK will have access to cheaper, to heat this winter? Because right now it's either very expensive for them and they have to make a choice between heat or food. So should we, as a result, right. because right now there's a shortage, should we, as a result, reopen a coal mine? I'm not saying we should actually. I'm just hypothetically saying. Yeah, I, I think the problem is that so hy- they, so they hypo- won't die this winter. Hypothetically, I could say yes, simply if we granted a lot of hypotheticals. For example, that would be such a small marginal increase in carbon emissions globally that it would it would be statistically insignificant. Also, some other hypotheticals that I would have to consider, given in this this example, would that it would be economically viable, which it would not be due to like labor costs in this country and reopening the mines would be hugely expensive. It would not by any means be anywhere near the cheapest option available to us. There's a few other hypotheticals I'd have to grant, but if I granted them, then yes, I, I would. 